Hi, welcome. Thank you for tuning to Life Plus Up with your host Kevin Yang. For all the listeners, Life Plus Up is a podcast dedicated in making your life better by achieving success in three core components of life: personal, financial, and career. In each episode, we'll be bringing some of the most positive and inspiring news, followed by introducing programs to help out with personal finance. We'll coach you some professional skills to help you advance in your career, and be your resources for a better lifestyle and health. You can find the newest episode every Wednesday by follow or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google, or much more. At the end of each episode, I will answer some of the questions from our listeners. So if you have a question, please email me or DM me on Instagram, or just by clicking on the voice link listed in the description. Remember, if you find this podcast informative and helpful, please share with someone that you think this can help. So now, let's have a great show. In a few weeks, it will be the new year of 2020. You are once again determined to self-improve by setting some New Year resolutions or goals. You're all fired up. You're determined. You tell yourself that this year is going to be different than any other years. However, in the back of your mind, you hear a small voice asking you, "How would this new year be any different?" And you don't really know the answer. Welcome to episode eleven. Wait, are you setting the correct goals? First, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning into my podcast. As of yesterday, we have officially crossed the seven hundred and fifty download mark. This is an astonishing and an overwhelming joyful feeling. Just to know that people found my podcast informative and helpful. As a reminder. I have recently launched the Facebook fan page in addition to our Instagram and Twitter accounts. On our Facebook fan page, you'll be able to see the newest update for upcoming episodes, our link to the weekly publication on Medium, and much more. So please follow and subscribe as we have many many things prepared for you in the upcoming year of 2020. Now, let's start the episode with some positive news. Today, our positive, inspiring news is brought by CNN. The good stuff: a five-year-old boy, entire kindergarten class, show up for his adoption hearing, written by Brian Pryor. A boy in Michigan show up at the courthouse in Grand Rapids, Michigan, on Thursday for an adoption hearing with his foster parents, and he had a crowd of unusual supporters. Five-year-old Michael's entire kindergarten class sat in the audience behind him, waving the big red hearts mounted on a wooden stick to show their support. Michael's adopted father told CNN that his favorite part when the judge asked everyone present in the room to explain what Michael means to them. The kindergartners offered the most touching answers, standing up and telling the court, "I love Michael. Michael's my best friend," his father said. He added, "The judge said it was the first time she ever hosted a whole kindergarten class for a hearing in her courtrooms."
Michael's parents fostered him for a year. Michael's mother told CNN that her new son's teacher, Mrs. McKee, floated the idea to her one day when she dropped Michael off at a wealthy elementary school. McKee knew the adoption would be finalized soon, and the two agreed on how to make the big day particularly special for Michael. From there, McKee organized the whole class outing, procuring a class bus and gave her student a field trip to remember. Michael's new father and mother have been married for nearly 10 years, and he's been living with them as a foster child since the last Thanksgiving. We didn't have any kids prior to that, and the things got pretty chaotic in a hurry, his father said. The proud parents say that their charismatic son loves to dance and swim, and to play basketball and soccer. They say they are amazed at how many friends he has, and his father said one of the most beautiful parts of the past year has been many children welcoming Michael into their homes and onto play dates. So here, Michael, I want to go ahead and say congratulations on your new home. At Life Plus Up, we wish you the most beautiful life ahead with your new family. Now, let us take a short break and hear what our sponsor has to say. Welcome back. Have you ever feel like New Year resolutions and goals are just unattainable? Have you felt lost in how to even pursue a goal? Many people blame the process or the challenges for failing to reach their goals. But have you ever think that maybe it is not the process that went wrong, but the goal itself was set incorrectly? As a life coach and a senior executive who has worked for multiple world-class financial institutions, setting smart and correct goals are imperative to my personal, financial, and career success. In my line of work, I have business objectives set forth by senior leadership. I have to set goals strategically just to meet the key performance indicators to ensure the continued growth of our company and, of course, the satisfaction of our customers. Personally, I set forth goals to stay healthy and maintain positive personal relationships and lifestyles. Achieving such goals will improve me as a person and everyone around me. Financially, I create goals to ensure that I can continue to make the end meet, build financial wealth, and the ability to help others that are in need. Setting the correct and smart goals wasn't always easy. It takes planning, framework, emotion preparation, and a futuristic perspective. But like any skills, once you know the formula to goal setting, setting the correct and smart goals couldn't be any easier. Setting a goal may sound easy, but setting the right goal is more challenging than it sounds. We are all guilty of setting a goal that is so vague that we intentionally leave a door to back off from. Goals such as, I'm going to save money, or I'm going to spend less on coffee, or I'm going to exercise more. I'm sure that all of us have said something similar to this example at one point of time, but we all know the outcome of those vague goals, right? The biggest problem with a vague goal is that it can be held accountable because it's so ambiguous that you don't even know how to start or finish. Think about it. What does spend less on coffee means? Are you going to save one cup a day, a week, or a month? What do you mean by exercise more? Do you intend to climb more stairs instead of using escalator? Are you going to spend extra 10 minutes in the gym? 
How are those goals lead to the outcome that you desire? If you want to save money and build wealth so you can retire sooner, does saving a dollar a week really make an impact in your overall plan? Does walking an extra five minutes a day helping to achieve the health that you want? So with all those questions in mind, we have to know the first step of setting the goal is to determine the desired outcome. Set the goal by determining the desired outcome. What do you mean by that? First, I want to invite you to take a back to the future trip with me. For anyone who has been following my podcast since episode one, yes, this is how I normally set goals, the back to the future trip. Now, I want you to close your eyes, unless you're driving, don't do that. And imagine what your life will look like 10 years from now. Now think hard about who you will be. How do you look? Look at your surroundings. Where do you live? And what do you do? That 10 years future version of yourself, that is your long-term desired outcome. Now, let's travel back toward our time a bit. Yeah, just hop on that time machine once again. Close your eyes, unless you're driving. It is three years from now. What have you done so far in the next three years to prepare for the 10 years of the future you? Where are you now? Are you on the path to the 10-year future version of yourself? Or it is time to readjust your current course? The three-year future version of yourself is the mid-term desired outcome. Now I want you to hop on that time machine one last time and just jump back to just one year from our time. What do you need to do in the next year so you can set yourself up for the three years check mark? Are you on the right track? If you haven't started to plan, when do you plan to start? Those are your short-term immediate outcome. As you take the entire back to the future trip in time and met your 10 years, three years, and one year's future, it's time to set a SMART goals in making those desired outcomes into realities. SMART is an acronym, S-M-A-R-T. A SMART goal means your goal has to be specific measurable, assignable, or achievable, realistic, and timely. Specific. The goal has to be specific. Save money to buy some car in some time, that is vague. Losing weight is really unclear. How does a specific goal sound like? A specific goal has to have details, such as what kind of car? How much weight do you want to lose? How did you even come up with that number? An example of specific goal will be to save $2,000 over the next two years for a down payment for a $16,000 car. Or another example can be, to be considered healthy, I will need to be in a BMI range of 18 to 25 based on my height. Therefore, I need to lower my weight down to 175 pounds in the next 12 months. Once your goals are specifically defined, Don't they look a lot more clear to you now? Now let's move to the next one, measurable. You have to be able to measure your progress, right? Imagine that you are trying to lose weight, but never wait yourself till the deadline. Unmeasurable progress only creates anxiety and often really demotivating. So if you have to do it in a way that makes sense for you, are you going to review your saving progress through every paycheck? 
Are you going to use bank statements or any banking app to help you to go ahead and keep those budgets aligned? What health or fitness data will you consider to ensure that you are progressing to your specific goals? How often do you review your progress? A measurable goal provides transparency and motivation to prepare you to succeed as you monitor your progress mentally. Now let's move to the A. There is two definitions for A. It can be assignable and achievable. For your goals to be successful, you have to convince yourself that the goals are achievable. Goals like, I want to save a million dollars in a week while you're getting a $50,000 annual salary paycheck, or lose 100 pounds in a week, those goals are not really realistic and maybe impossible. A goal that's not realistic and impossible to achieve, I just call them dream. To ensure that you are not dreaming, think of a little battles and milestones that are achievable. How about save $200 a paycheck or lose two to five pounds bi-weekly? Do they sound a lot more realistic? And now you don't feel so demotivating, right? Now, assignable. Some goals can only be achieved by assignment and delegation. In the world of business, some targets have to be achieved through teamwork and collaboration. Are you going to increase the entire company's annual revenue by yourself? Are you going to be responsible for all the tasks in the accounting department? I would say examine your job responsibilities and evaluate your resources are the keys to achieve your goals. If your goals involve the family, then assign them to the entire family. As an example, your family is looking to purchase a home in the near future. It's safe to suggest that everyone has to pitch in, right? It will be really hard to save money to buy a home when your significant other is shopping at Nordstrom every day. So I would say, really keep the goal assignable. That would be one good way to start making this into a reality. Now, let's talk about the R, realistic. Like we talked about earlier, your goal has to be reasonable and realistic. Don't set a goal that is impossible to achieve because you do think negatively toward that goal if that was impossible, right? Such as saving $1 million in one year that's just an unrealistic goal if you only make $5,000 a month. So I will always say setting a realistic goal with different checkpoints can provide a constant motivation boost to help you crossing that finishing line. Just think about it. if you want to run a marathon in one year, every single time that you are able to run one mile farther than your previous checkpoint, isn't that give you an energy boost, right? Now let's talk about the T, timely. A goal can be specific without a time frame. If you want to save money, $2,000, but you don't give yourself a time frame, how will you know that goal is even achievable? You need to set a particular time to achieve your goal. Your back to the future trip is a perfect example of that. Where do you stand as of 10 years from now? How much growth can your senior leaders expect from your division by the next quarter? When do you need to purchase your home for the family? The key to achieving your goal is to know when you would like to have a particular goal made by and really hold yourself accountable until you get there. I would say for the past 15 years, as a senior financial executive and a life coach, I really dedicated myself in helping others to achieve success in the core components of life, such as personal, financial, and career. For one, to achieve success in these goals, you really have to set it correctly and smart. 
a goal like that really takes planning, framework, emotional preparation, and a futuristic perspective. But like I said earlier, if you know the formula to a correct goal setting, everything will be much easier for you. So in a few weeks, when the clock strikes at midnight of January the 1st, 2020, how are you setting your goals differently this time? All right, so now let's move to our mailbag sessions. Now we have a few questions in our mailbag. Let's take this time to answer some of the questions from our listeners. The first question or comment is actually from a friend of our podcast, Heather from Bunch of Mom Sense podcast. For all the listeners who may not be familiar with them, Bunch of Mom Sense is a podcast that talks about career, motherhood, and life, hosted by Heather and Jessica. Their podcast is very informative, so if you have time, go check them out at bunchofmomsense.com. Now, back to Heather's comment. Hey, Kevin, just listened to your episode about public speaking and really enjoyed it. Thank you, Heather. I really appreciate that. It means a lot. Now, in listening to the episode, I know of something I struggled with when I was working full-time in the corporate world, and that was being more at ease with having one-on-one conversation with executives when I had the opportunity to engage with them. It wasn't necessarily a formal meeting, but like riding on the elevator with them or standing next to them during the break from the meeting. So I just thought I would share this. Thanks, Heather. Oh well, thank you once again, Heather, for sharing your feedback and struggles that you have encountered before. I bet most of us, even myself, can relate to such challenge at some point of time. When facing an executive that are much higher in rank, it can be quite intimidating. Not because how they are or the image that they project, it's more of a feeling like you don't want to embarrass yourself, which may lead to negative impact on your career. As an executive for many years in the financial world, I can provide some tips to help all the listeners to turn this challenge into an opportunity for your career. First, be genuine. Executive or not, we're just people. We welcome sincere feedback, appropriate chit-chats, or occasion compliments. If you genuinely want to ask some questions or strike a conversation to avoid an awkward elevator ride, trust me, we'll be most welcome. Now think of executive as your friend's friend that will drag to a party that he's not familiar with anyone there. How do you approach him or her as a guest? If you feel intimidated, imagine how does this person feel when he only occasionally visit your office and maybe a total stranger to the neighborhood, right? Second, really don't approach with an intention. If you approach with an intention to strike a positive and lasting impression, it will certainly backfire. As an executive, I can say with certainty that such intention can be spot miles away. However, if you approach to simply ask for clarification or providing genuine insights to the topics that were discussed earlier in his presentation, the executive will share to interest and elaborate more or join in a conversation with you. A common mistake for people that approach executive is to ask a super complicated question for the purpose of striking an impression. Executives are human too. This is not a panel interview. How will you feel if someone that you don't know approach you and ask a question that's so wordy or hard to understand? Remember, 
if you will not do this to your friend's friend, then you should not really do it to any executive, right? Now the last, but not the least, if you want to strike a positive impression, just sound confident. Sounding confident, it sounds a lot easier than it is. But here are a few tips. Avoid using overly polite attitude, like you're addressing to elders of your family. Use a professional tone, such as one that you will use if you met another colleague in a network meeting. Avoid pauses by knowing what you want to say and anticipate responses from your comment. If you find the conversation stopped or executive may choose to use certain closing phrases, such as, hmm, sounds good, or great, I look forward to see your result, it's time to say thank you for their time, a really firm handshake, and step away and reach out to another person just to strike another conversation nearby if possible. Being able to be observant and know when to stop really give a great impression. It's like an old saying, less is more. Now, I hope all the listeners were able to take some away from my long responses to Heather's comment. If you have not get the chance to visit their site by now, please do so at bunchofmonsense.com. For any listeners who may have questions, please feel free to email me or DM me on Instagram. My handle is at lifeplusup or use my new Facebook fan page. One last announcement on our next episode, I actually have the fortune to invite Melissa King from Honeybee Wellness to join our podcast as a guest speaker to share her ideas of living an abundant life through fitness, mental, wellness, and diet. So stay tuned. As we're wrapping up this episode, I want to thank and remind all the listeners that in the description, you'll be able to find the overview of our contents, the links to positive news and resources, and most importantly, the show notes that I publish on Medium. Our music are being brought by Scott Holmes from scottholmesmusic.com. And if you have a question for my guests or for myself, please email me at podcastlifeplusup at gmail.com or find me on Instagram or simply by clicking on the voice link in the description. If you find this podcast informative and helpful, please follow and subscribe through your favorite podcast platform and share with someone that you really think this can help. If you want to support, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or simply by clicking on the donation button. Now, we'll see you all next Wednesday. Until then, remember, success without fun never lasts. And fun without success is not really too much fun. So let's have a fun and a successful podcast together.